on cornerofthegalaxy.com. I'm Josh Gessman along with Wendy Thomas on today's show. Our primary goal is to get you ready for the MLS Cup playoffs and the knockout round the LA Galaxy stumbled into over the weekend. It's the Seattle Sounders hosting the LA Galaxy on Wednesday, Wednesday night and it's win or go home. In getting you prepared for this huge game, we're also going to recap the loss of Sporting Kansas City and give you as much information as we can to help you understand the MLS Cup playoffs. This is no time to bow out quietly, Galaxy fans. You're listening to Corner of the Galaxy on cornerofthegalaxy.com, and it all starts right now. You're listening to Corner of the Galaxy on cornerofthegalaxy.com. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another exciting episode of Corner of the Galaxy on cornerofthegalaxy.com. We've got a great show for you tonight. Uh, back, I think, a little bit quicker than I certainly expected. I'm Josh Gessman, just in case I didn't say it. Wendy Thomas is with me for this show as well. So uh, a good look at this. We, we have to start, obviously, with the with Sporting Kansas City. But, Wendy, I first, I feel like I should ask you how you're feeling right now. Make sure that you know, you're not drinking heavily or, or doing any, anything else that we need to be worried about. You know, I feel I feel uh, tender. I feel fragile, mm-hmm. but um, I think that the Galaxy fans have grown so accustomed to only knowing success that now we get to experience the other side of it. This is how every other team in MLS feels, usually around this stage of the season when we have. Um, dominated them and kicked them out of the MLS Cup playoffs. So we're now experiencing a little turnabout is fair play. Yeah, it, uh, I, I'll be honest with you. I don't like it. I, <laughs> I know. It doesn't feel as good as the other way around. I don't like it even even a little bit, um, quite honestly. Um, it's, it's making me a little sick to my stomach. Um, I feel like maybe I should just close the door of my bedroom and, you know, just make it quiet and just not come out for a couple of weeks. I mean, we they're... need to break out some deep radio head tracks. I mean, <laughs> this is the emotional state of the L.A. Galaxy fan base right now is but... that uh, we're not accustomed to this. We expect our team to win. And when they don't, it's almost like we're in a foreign country. We don't we can't we don't quite recognize our surroundings. Yeah, it, it gets a little strange. Coldplay starts to make sense. That's when you know it's all gone downhill. <laughs> all right. So everything. <laughs> really is yellow, Wendy. It really mm-hmm. is yellow. Um, so anyway, the LA Galaxy faced off against Sporting Kansas City. That's where we have to start with this. Obviously, the 2-1 loss over the weekend. Um, as you know, on Twitter, I handed off the Corner of the Galaxy Twitter account to Wendy. She did an excellent job on that because I was in Colorado driving to the airport whenever this game was going on. So I was listening slash watching. We'll just say listening. 
for the most part, listening to this game as uh, as I was driving to the airport and sort of following along. So, um, you know, I, I, I've watched the highlights. I got to see, you know, some of the game. But Wendy's really the person who, who has to sort of focus on here. I have to say that off of the top of my head, Wendy, this game was an okay game played by the LA Galaxy. The stats tell me it was okay. Um, the way the, the scoreline sort of shows that it was okay. Uh, you have to look at an offside goal to really show the difference between these two teams. And having said all that, not even close to good enough. Is that did I get it about right? Yeah, I think that that about sums it up. I mean, it's true if you look at the stats from the game. Okay, possession was forty nine fifty one. It was approximately equivalent numbers in terms of uh, passing percentage in terms of shots taken, in terms of shots on goal. I mean, there was like a differential of two, uh, you know, and it was it was pretty even, and yet at the same time it was not nearly good enough. Yeah, you know, it, because we didn't get the result, and even though Mark Geiger has gone on some sort of, um, I don't know, his, uh, his soul has been captured mm-hmm. by a CONCACAF genie, right. just put it in a bottle or something like that. Right. Regardless of that, you know, officiating is something that every team experiences for the good and the bad, and so you can't attribute a loss to that. You know, you can't blame it on the refs. It's just not really something acceptable because it afflicts everyone pretty much equally. And so, uh, you know, as I said, you know, Galaxy fans, we're accustomed to certain things. And by now we're accustomed to winning and not only winning, but winning in a really persuasive fashion. And with this game, it was we weren't blown out of the water. There was a fair amount of back and forth. And yet at the same time, I know it's sporting park. I mean, I know it's really difficult crowd, but at the same time, we lost. So it's not good enough. It, it isn't good enough. And, and you know, you look at some of the chances the LA Galaxy had. Quite honestly, finishing-wise, if the LA Galaxy could have finished some of the chances they had, Wendy, um, I, I think this is a different score. But also, I think Sporting Kansas City had some had some chances there. that, that it, it, was a, it was a fairly even game. And again, despite that, you find yourself wanting more from this LA Galaxy team. Again, I think I talked about it on the show, um, you know, before this weekend, is you wanted to see the LA Galaxy show you something this weekend. You wanted to sh- see them have some fire have some heart have some fight um you know know, okay so the fire and the fight and everything like that i'm always hesitant to apply that as as because i think it's a very easy excuse for an analyst to use when they say that a team doesn't care right or they weren't putting their heart into it i mean zardis missed a sitter in the fifth minute Jared got a good look at one point. Uh, Donovan Ricketts did make some, you know, some really nice saves. So it wasn't like there wasn't opportunities on either side. There was poor finishing. Yeah. But at the same time, I feel like, you know, it was... A, an imbalance, I would say. I would say there's a lack of balance. But in there's, our team there's right no now. edge. There's no edge to this team. I just they're just soft and. There is an edge. His name is Robbie Keane, and Ro- he has edge. And he can't. So he, he can't, he can't pull do everything. Whole, that's what I'm saying. He can't pull this team. I mean, you saw Robbie Keane do basically exactly what he needed to do in this game, which was you know bring this score level one to one at at the end of halftime, basically in stoppage time. And there there was everything that you wanted in the LA Galaxy in that one play. You had Omar Gonzalez finding a good pass to Juninho in the middle of the field, Juninho finding Dos Santos, who was playing deeper, and allowed Gerard to carry forward. You had Gerard and Keane running at goal, right? And you had Gio playing the playmaker to find Robbie Keane. That was amazing. Right. That's what you wanted to see from this team. But other than that, 
God. Yeah, that was oh. Bruce's conception of how the galaxy, when they're executing properly, should be playing, which is that, you know, you have creativity up top, you have Kino's fine finishing, you have some, you know, good tough runs coming from the midfield, some stalwart defending, and that's, you know, when you envision what this galaxy, what this team could do, what this roster could put together if they could do it for 90 minutes on a consistent basis, right. then I think that that is the conception that, Bruce Arena has, and yet it's so infrequent that we get to see that. Which is crazy, because whenever this team first sort of got all of its pieces together, you saw them dismantle teams. Um, It wasn't that long ago, by the way. I just went back and looked. I mean, it it was a while ago, but you look at the end of August is really the last time they blew anybody out. The 5-1 win over uh, New York City uh, FC at home, uh, obviously a home game because, you know, the LA Galaxy couldn't win on the road to save their life in the 2015 season. Only two road wins the whole year. And then what do they have to do? They they fall all the way back through. They lose this game. Basically, now they have a, a one-game playoff on the road in Seattle. So, um, you know, it, it just it, it doesn't seem like it's there. I, I wanted to see this team show me a little more. I don't feel like they showed it. Is it an improvement from the game against Portland? Oh yeah, but that wasn't be that wouldn't be hard now, would it, Wendy? I mean, that was you show up and it was a, it was a, an improvement over Portland. But um, I'm worried. It was an improvement over Portland, and yet some of the same dynamics that were at play in the Portland game also resurrected themselves for this game. I think that once again we're seeing uh, our two most creative players, Robbie Keane and Giovanni dos Santos, getting cornered and boxed in up top and when there is no one outside of the final third who is really creative um, then you're essentially giving oppositions a really easy way to defend against you because there's no communication between the midfield and the final third and one of the things that Sean Steffen pointed out last week on Twitter was that you know when Landon played in 2014 he was put up wide on the left and wide on the left, you know, not maybe his most natural position. Right. But it did mean that Robbie Keane, who's our most creative player, was up top. Landon was in the midfield. And therefore, teams had to do more than one thing in order to shut us down from a chance creation perspective. And I think one problem here is that with if you have Gio and Robbie, who are our two most creative players, and they're boxed in because when I saw the Montreal game, when I saw the Portland game, there was players like building a little fortress right. around Robbie Keane. Like they were going to like, you know, build a little moat around him or right. something. I mean, Liam Ridgewell was crawling up Robbie Keane's behind. He was like wearing him like a coat. Like that is how much he was all over Robbie Keane. And that is essentially, I think, how teams are defending us, which is that, okay, we figured out they have this really, you know, potent attacking third and we're just going to shut it down by cutting off the midfield from the final third. And since, you know, we have... No Landon, no creative, really creative force in the right. midfield. I know Leggett is cre- can be creative, but not the way Landon was creative. We have a disconnect between the midfield and the final third. Well, it's easy. I always say, and this is sort of the, it goes back to, to what I say. If you have two great players, most teams in Major League Soccer can mark two great players. They really can. And even two creative players like Robbie Keane and, and Giovanni Dos Santos. It's whenever you get that third player, you need the third person to unlock things. You'd hope that would be Steven Gerrard, but he's not being a playmaker in this offense right now. He's not being that guy who unlocks the defense and is able to find somebody like Robbie Keane and Giovanni Dos Santos. That's why when you see the Robbie Keane goal, you see what you want, which is Dos Santos in midfield creating from that midfield spot, even with Gerard up top. Let's say that you don't have Gerard up top. Let's say that you have Zardes up top instead and Dos Santos back in the midfield. You get the two levels and the split 
you know, sort of um, offensive powers that create three people you have to keep an eye on. And once it's three, now you have caused a lot of troubles for most MLS teams. And then once you get into four with somebody like Sebastian Legit, who can come in as sort of that fourth option as well, that's whenever you start creating. But we haven't seen that. We've seen it be very, you know, formulaic. It's been very much to Robbie Keane. Let's just give it to Robbie Keane and, you know, let's see what he can do and how he can hoist us uh, into the MLS Cup playoffs. And he... Robbie Keane got this LA Galaxy team through this year into the MLS Cup player playoffs. They finished, you know, uh, fifth in the West, and it was because of Robbie Keane. So he's done about all we can ask him to do right now. Yeah, 20 goals. 20, 20 goals. goals. 20 goals. Remember, that's a personal best season. That's his best record yet in MLS. He's 35 years old. He I just know, had his best, shocking. you know, goal-scoring season in Major League Soccer. It's it's ridiculous. By the way, just barely edged out Sebastian Legette for the uh, Golden Boots. Sebastian Legette was seven. <laughs> Uh, Robbie close. Keane with That's 20. Close. Yeah, just, just right there. Now, listen, Legette is another story we could talk about. Um, you know, a guy who has just run out of gas. Let's be honest. We know he has the creativity. We know he can play. We know he can do all that stuff. He's just never played this much soccer at this level before, and he's hit a wall. He is exactly what happened to Jossie Zardes whenever Zardes started playing um, every day on a regular basis for the senior team. Yeah, but, I mean, okay, so the thing with Legette is... He is subbed out around the 75th minute every game. That's what happens last night in SKC. And one of the reasons, I think, is not only has he never played this much soccer, this intense, you know, this much intense soccer in heat, in front of crowds, you know, a ton of travel. He's getting accustomed to being a professional, which he didn't have to be at West Ham in the same way. But he's also, you know, he works both sides of the ball, which means he's getting up and he's getting back. And that is a lot of shuttling back and forth. And especially with the number of overlapping runs that he and Robbie Rogers interchange regularly, you have to figure that for a guy who's unaccustomed to running as much as he's been required to do recently, that it's taken maybe a little bit of a toll on him. However, you think that if he gets a good preseason and if they can get him in, you know, he's, so he comes in in good condition that maybe we can see him up it next season, you know, can right. step it up, you know, so he can do this for more more than four months. Maybe he can do it for seven months. Right, right. And the other thing is that, and, and I know people are going to be like, no, this is, this, that's ridiculous. Um, the things that you have to understand about playing soccer, especially in the midfield, if you're going to play 90 minutes every game or you're going to be you know, close to a 90-minute player, is that you, know, you make a lot of runs at 95% and not at 110%, which is legit. Whenever he makes his runs, usually it's about 110% full-out balls to the wall. Um, he's going to have to learn to rein it in a little bit more on some of those and then just really pick his 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 chances and pick his choices for running and that's something you don't necessarily want to hear but the smart players do it they know when to run they know when not to run and reserve some of that energy because it's not just about the game you're in there's games down the road as well it's it's a it, the whole thing so um i think he's gonna figure out i really like him this that's gonna be the good part the part that sort of is bothering me is that you have legit and zardis both sort of you know grasping at straws sometimes I would think that maybe that sub would be better used on Zardis uh, to bring in Jose mm. Villarreal and have two playmakers. Because I consider Legette a playmaker on the wing, um, and I think he can do it. But if you have somebody like Jose Villarreal in there with Sebastian Legette, I feel like you have more creativity than you do with Zardis. Because Zardis at midfield, while he does the defensive work probably better than most of the, the wing midfielders, maybe better than even the Sebastian Legette, I feel like his creativity goes forward, limits the LA Galaxy, and he's not as dangerous from the midfield. No, I mean, Jesse Zardes, I mean, you were talking about earlier, potentially, it sounds to me like you were proposing playing a 4-3-3, but what I think would make more sense, because uh, I don't think Jesse Zardes is a creative player, I think that he's a really hardworking player, and he just, 
you know, I mean, he's got a great engine. He's got a lot of athleticism and he really just plays his guts out, but he's not creative. Mm -hmm. So we might do better to put him up top with Robbie and then have a midfield of Legette, Junie, Gerard, and Gio. Because Gio could be a number 10 or you could put Gio out wide. You could play him out wide. And I think that for some reason, Bruce is really reluctant to do that. I don't know why. I, well, I, I think, think he, injuries. Injuries started that. I mean, he has not been 100% healthy since really he joined the LA Galaxy. So I think he's really close on the edge right there. And I don't know if he could spend the whole time in the midfield. I think that's a worry that Bruce has. And I even think. Even as it's, a number 10, you could play a 4 1. You could play, you could play a 4 1 3 2 right. with him as like sort of pushing forward as the number 10. He could go out wide in a 4-4-2. Four, four, um, and, you know, just to have a creative presence in the midfield because I think I that agree. he could be a really natural and excellent number 10. I yep. mean, he's wearing the number 10. He obviously could be a number 10. I, I absolutely 100% agree with you, by the way. That is, I, I would love to see Gio in more of the playmaker role. Um, I think he's great. Uh, Bruce says, you know, what do you do with goal scorers as you put them close to goal? I think Gio could score a lot of goals from the midfield and provide that creativity. I, I just don't know what to do with Steven Gerrard right now. I want to, I want to trust that his Liverpool education after all these years, um, I, I know that he knows how to play uh, soccer. I just, I, I think he's done. I think he's gassed. And I think oh, it's, I have and such that's ambivalent tough, right? feelings about Steven Gerrard. You know, ambivalence is having strong feelings about something two opposite directions. Right. I feel like, on the one hand, I feel like Steven Gerrard is a very authoritative presence in the field. He's mm-hmm. very professional. I feel like being a professional soccer player is like breathing to him. It's so natural. Um, and he does have lovely passing range, and he he does have good instincts. He is very competitive, and yet at the same time, you know he's he's gassed. I mean he's he's uh, he's not he's getting gassed. it done. He's not getting he, it done. He's t- he's. I mean, and and you think about it. I mean, okay, so he played essentially. He had the 2013-14 EPL season, followed by the 2014 World Cup, the small break after England got booted out of it. Then the 2014-15 season, he had a minor injury in the early 2014 season where he missed a few games, but then he took another minor break after the end of May and right. then started here in July. But he hasn't had like a full nope. season off since, I don't know, 2012 maybe. Yeah, no, so he no, could. Right. So, I mean, it's not like there's no reason to be gassed, but at the same time, he's had a few breaks, and there's guys who've been playing back-to-back-to-back-to-back. I mean, Landon played, I don't know how many games, World Cups, qualifiers, over and over and over again. I mean, that's, you know, maybe why, one of the reasons why he retired when he was 32 years old is because he put a 1,000 games in his body, you know, between the time he was 16 and 32. Right, right. No, no, I I understand. So, I mean, there's all these things. This is what it is. Listen, I thought the defense was okay. Um, The the pass that unlocked the Galaxy defense for the original, or or, or for the eventual game winner was a great pass. It was a great run. I think Omar Gonzalez gets caught in between having to pick between uh, taking on uh, Benny Fellhaber or or going after Dom Dwyer and, and following him, and I'm not sure that you can blame him. I'm not going to say that this one's on Omar this time. It was a great pass, and sometimes you have to tip your hat. Um, could they have defended it? Absolutely. Uh, could Leonardo- I, had, I had a feeling when I when we got the lineups, though, before the game, and I saw that Benny Fallhaber was sitting on the bench. I was right. wondering, why is Peter Vermees sitting Fallhaber on the bench for the first half? He comes in at halftime, 65th minute, yep. assist to Dom Dwyer. And I was just, oh, my God. like Because I think he slowed down a little bit for Sporting Kansas City. Uh, maybe second half of the season, he wasn't on the same tear that he was in the first half. But, I mean, he came on and made an impact. I mean, that is an impact substitute used really well. I think he has 20 assists 
I have to, 20 crazy. assists this season. He's that's, that's ridiculous. Fire. Not on the U.S. men's national team for whatever reason. But well, maybe maybe J.K. will give him a look. You never yeah. know. Well, yeah, you, being you have the ear to, to Jurgen's Klinsmann, just tell your, oh, your good my, buddy Jurgen to... My new boyfriend. Yes, yeah. yes, JK exactly. Hi. That's right. You you two can figure that out. All right. So the L.A. Galaxy fall 2-1. to one. Now, remember, there were a whole bunch of things that had to happen uh, if the L.A. Galaxy lost and how they could still get second. Those things didn't happen. Uh, the L.A. Galaxy went from second in the West to fifth in the West. You all know that now, and because of that, the L.A. Galaxy will now face off against the Seattle Sounders um, in the four versus five play-in knockout round game, basically. So uh, one game, it's going to be away for the LA Galaxy. There is no away goals rule, all that fun stuff. So we want to talk about that. Definitely see that, uh, you know, here in the in the second segment because there's a lot still to talk about. So that's what we're going to do. Going to take a real quick break. We're going to reset. We're going to get you ready for this LA versus Seattle game on Wednesday night. It's going to be a good one. Uh, might also take your calls coming up, so don't go anywhere. You're listening to Corner of the Galaxy on cornerofthegalaxy.com. Ready for some more Corner of the Galaxy? Don't forget to head over to the website for all the latest podcasts, news, and more. Visit us online at cornerofthegalaxy.com. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Corner of the Galaxy on cornerofthegalaxy.com. Drop City Yacht Club playing a, uh, a great song here. Make sure you go to iTunes, download it. Talks about the LA Galaxy. I know you guys always give me crap for mentioning that every single time, but I do it anyway. Uh, we still got a bunch to talk about. We are opening the phone lines. If anybody wants to call in, uh, you were given the call-in number on Periscope, which is one of the reasons that you should definitely call in or, or watch us on Periscope. So that way you can be part of the show as well. So we'll see if anybody calls during that. If they do, I'll interrupt Wendy and go ahead and put them through. So just FYI that that's going to happen. Um, but we want to get to this LA Galaxy game versus Seattle. In order to do that, we sort of have to wrap up 2015 in order to understand exactly what, what happened uh, over the year. If we start, Wendy, we have to start with the standings and the supporter shield. Mm-hmm. Uh, we know the New York Red Bulls captured the supporter shield, uh, tied with points with FC Dallas. They won it, I believe, on goal differential. Was that, was that what it eventually came down to? Yes, it eventually came down. There's a 19 goal differential for the New York Red Bulls and a 13 goal differential for FC Dallas. Yep. So there you go. That was the the total difference. And if you look at New York, they got pretty lucky because they did not have to go through um, having to play anybody really in the West all that many times. And they had two expansion teams on their side. So yay for the Eastern Conference winning the Supporter <laughs> Shield, which means nothing. I said it at the beginning of the season. Who called it? I said oh, Eastern Conference hey, team will win hey, the Supporter you, Shield. Guess what? Almost everybody knew Everyone the Eastern Conference it. was going to be. Not, yes, doesn't take a rocket scientist. No, it doesn't. But it's still good. It's nice to be there. And New York winning it, I think they, they deserved it as far as they were definitely the best team in the Eastern Conference, although they did not do that well against the Western Conference whenever you all put it together. So FC Dallas came in second. The interesting part here is the LA Galaxy were in contention for the Supporter Shield until about two weeks ago. All right, yeah. so two weeks ago, really it was three the weeks. Game. Yeah, it was the Seattle. So, so, so it was the Seattle game. They were in contention, and now they finished in ninth. That's right. They have the ninth best record. Parody. 
in, in, in Major League Soccer, all right? So that's what you have to understand the, the tailspin the LA Galaxy have been in at the end of this season. Um, there are a bunch of teams in front of the LA Galaxy. In fact, if the LA Galaxy wanted to host MLS Cup, there are only two teams from the Eastern Conference that could get to MLS Cup in order for the LA to host it, and that would be New England, who finished in 11th, and Toronto, who finished in 12th overall in single-table standings. Again, single-table means absolutely nothing. I'm not really that interested in it, except that it sort of helps you understand the playoff race and where everybody falls, okay? So the LA Galaxy uh, finishing 9th in that. Toronto is 12th. New England is 11th. Uh, Just in case you wanted to know, Wendy, because you guys were talking about it. Um, you were on Twitter, I think, talking with uh, with Christian about with the last time the LA Galaxy, you know, finished this far down the table in single table. Yeah. So I went and made us a chart. Mm. I know it was. I put my my numbers, my Excel spreadsheet, uh, you know, skills to the task and got us uh, this wonderful chart. Basically, the last time the LA Galaxy finished worse. Uh, than they did this year. Ninth this year. Last time that they finished worse than that was 2008 when they finished 14th. All right. Yeah, I mean, the, the Galaxy's record has been unbelievably stellar in the playoffs. The uh, the Galaxy, There's 20 seasons in MLS history, and the LA Galaxy have made the playoffs in 17 of them, which is more than any other team in MLS history. So, I mean, it's it's almost mandatory if you're an LA Galaxy team that you make the playoffs because it was only between 2006 and 2008. It was those three bad years when we had Ruth Hulid and then Bruce took over and there was just like, you know, Beckham came over and he and Landon were having fighting with each other. It was like a soap opera. Huh. There was those three bad years. But other than that, the Galaxy always make the playoffs. Funny, I became a season ticket holder in 2008. <laughs> Yeah, so so uh, you know clearly I've been the lucky charm ever since that. Um, how it all works. So they finished fourteen. It has nothing to do with Bruce Arena at it, all. It doesn't. You know what? It's funny whenever you go back and you look at like some of the points and and how it works because I actually did it by points as well as as you come down. Um, you know, two thousand eleven was we we talk about two thousand eleven it being such a, a crazy year. Um, actually, you know what? We go we have a call, so we're gonna take a call first before we continue on. Mm-hmm. All right, two one three. Who is this? Hello. Hello. Hey, yeah, who is this? Oh, it's Adam. Oh, it's Adam. Yeah, it's LA Galaxy <laughs> Insider, Adam Serrano. Serrano, I know I didn't call you for this show, so I'm glad that you called in. I actually, at least I, I'm going to have questions for you. I know maybe you called in to give me crap and maybe have you know questions for me, but my question is for you. How did these guys take that game um, afterwards in the locker room? I know I saw the quotes from it. I've seen some video, but what was the feeling like in the locker room? I think it varies. I think it's it's a team that has been in these situations before, but you know, not everyone has been in these situations. You know, mostly I think I look at uh, Steven Gerrard, who uh, spoke to the media on Monday uh, following that game against Kansas City, and, and quite frankly, you know, I think he took it pretty much on on the chin, and uh, you know, he had his his big chance uh, near the end of the first half that he couldn't capitalize on, and he said, you know, I've been thinking about that. I've replayed that 50 times in my head. You know, I overanalyze it. I think about every single miss that I have that's bad. And, you know, he's he's really stressing. I think he's kind of looking forward to this game, maybe more than anybody outside of a Robbie Keane, because he wants to, to get things right. So, you know, this team is a veteran team. They're ready for this challenge. Uh, you know, they, I'm sure they took the loss to sporting hard because they felt like, if things had gone their way, that's a game the Galaxy win, you know, maybe three or four, by three or four goals. 
Yeah, I mean, it doesn't surprise me at all. Uh, you just, what did you think of the effort from this game? Uh, you were there at the stadium. You, you always get a better feel whenever you're watching with your eyes instead of on TV. You get to see more of the field. Uh, what did you think of the effort? And was it the response that really the LA Galaxy were hoping to see after the uh, the the sport after the Portland game? Yeah, you know, like you and you and Wendy said, you know, it's not uh, anything is better than the performance against Portland, uh, but. I think that what what we saw there was a team that wanted to fight. You know, Bruce changed it up a little bit, pushing Gerard a little bit up forward. Um, you know, it was a managerial decision, uh, one that Gerard said, you know, he could he could do again. And I think that really helped them find some spaces because, you know, we have you have to kind of take some pressure off a guy like Robbie Keane who's really done it all, you know, scored his twenty goals this season. You wanna see other people make some moves and they kinda of put Gerard in that situation to be you know, offensive and to find find some spaces. And, you know, he had his opportunities, which is a good thing. Uh, but now, you know, they've got to cash them in. Yeah, it's going to be uh, it's going to be interesting now that you shift and we sort of look at this L.A. versus Seattle game. Obviously, we know L.A. has had success four and two um, against the Sounders in MLS playoffs. Um, this is a team the L.A. Galaxy actually won the season uh, season record over having uh, two wins in that draw up in Seattle. Obviously, the draw is most recent, so it's the one that sticks in our head. Um, is this going to be too much for the L.A. Galaxy to handle again? Is this something like Seattle really has L.A.'s number? It seems like they really have them in the crosshairs this time. I mean, it's going to be a really fierce game, no doubt. Uh, you look at <laughs> Seattle, and I'm sure they're circling this game, and they want to say that, okay, here's where we finally slay the monster. Here's where we finally get past uh, the L.A. Galaxy. But, right. you know, that's that's the situation that Bruce Arena's uh, fine with being in. You know, I asked him, to the, I asked him on Monday if this uh, – postseason record against Seattle meant anything and he was quick to say no oh yes it's clear you've never been in an athletic competition before because people don't care about rivalries and you know whether or not that is true uh it's up up for debate but you know Bruce is certainly not going to let on that they're focused too much about Seattle uh they know they can get the job done and you know we look back at that Sounders game and I remember telling you this in a corner of the galaxy from the box that you know if that goal by Chad Barrett comes any sooner. We're talking about how the heroic galaxy stole a point at CenturyLink Field, but, you know, the perception changes when you have a goal uh, so late, so that caused a little bit of an issue, but that was a game where I think the Galaxy were at their best. You know, Gerard was uh, playing very well defensively. You saw some good moves from Dos Santos, even though he kind of got hurt, Right. and you saw more goals from uh, Robbie Keane, so... That's a, a performance I think they need to build on. If they can finish them off this time, uh, you know you have a team that can go to the conference semifinals. Yeah, absolutely. Well, the LA Galaxy will uh, will like uh, Adam said trained on Monday. Will train on Tuesday up in Seattle. Actually, flying up uh, to Seattle on Tuesday. The game is on Wednesday, so it should be good. Adam, safe travels, and uh, we'll talk to you whenever we get back. All right. Thanks. I'm glad I called you. I'm, I'm glad you called in too. Thanks, Adam. Talk to you later. <laughs> All right, so there's uh, LA Galaxy Adam, uh, LA Galaxy insider Adam Serrano joining us there. Uh, glad he got to call in. Actually, I was trying to persuade him just before the show to call in so that way we could talk to him. So I'm glad he did it. Um, some good stuff from Adam there. Just wanted to get his point of view. All right, so we sort of we, we've talked about that and we've looked at it. Um, we we went over the standings. Adam sort of helped us move into this game, Wendy. Looking at this LA versus Seattle, it is a Wednesday, October 28th game at 7 p.m. Pacific time. It's CenturyLink Field. Uh, the the Seattle Sounders are coming off a. 
decision day victory over RSL, weak little tiny RSL, and I can say that knowing that the LA Galaxy got beat by them in RSL not too long ago. Uh, which I had one of my buddies, one of my good buddies, uh, texted me immediately and started trash talking um, uh, up from up in Seattle. And he was like, hey, he goes, this time, this is the year, this is Seattle's year. We just ran over RSL. And I was like, please, um, please, it was RSL. RSL, right? yeah. RSL um, this year is not RSL no, for years. No, I mean, you could jump up and down about that three years or, you know, even last year or two years ago, RSL was, you know, a formidable opponent. Um, it's just the LA Galaxy can't beat. RSL um, on the road. So, um, but nonetheless, Seattle 3-1 victors over RSL. They got to rest Clint Dempsey early in this game. Um, yes, after, during the 20-minute period, he scored two goals and gave an assist. You know, just just Clint Dempsey doing... <laughs> it's, it's just dudes being dudes. He's just, a, you know, being his due self. That's, I guess, whatever that means. I really <laughs> I really don't like him, Wendy. I want you to know I, that I... I do. I, I love Deuce. Uh, I think that he's um, very... I think he's a great player in MLS, and I think that he's brought a lot to Seattle. And uh, I'm really... Gl- I think that he does a lot for that franchise. I do. Him and Oba up top, that's a dynamite duo. Oh, it absolutely is. I'm not, Please, I don't discount anything from his playing ability and all that stuff but to be honest with him with you if Clint Dempsey is a little bit smarter um, and not so emotional uh, Seattle Sounders doesn't finish fourth in this they have a good chance at winning the supporter shield because they were way out in front whenever Deuce got suspended then was off with the U.S. men's national team and then Oba got hurt at the same time that Deuce decided to rip up a referee's um, uh, notebook on, on in the U.S. Open Cup so if he's smarter they get at least three of those games back they have nine more points that puts them in a lot different situation than they are right now, but nonetheless finished ahead of the LA Galaxy. So there you go. You want something to be mad about. Seattle finished against uh, uh, above the LA Galaxy. And, and quite honestly, I can get mad about a lot of things, Wendy, but I can't get mad about Dallas being first or Vancouver I being know. second because they. I think they deserved it. I mean, they were the better teams yeah. and they had LA's number for the most part. Yes, Vancouver in particular had LA Galaxy's number this year. I mean, this is a season, it's almost like a, a season where retribution is every on every team's lips because think about it, the LA Galaxy and the Seattle Sounders are facing off on Wednesday night. Those are probably the two top targets in the West during the, you know, if you would ask two, you know, anyone who's a fan of other teams, you know, at the outset of the season, who would you like to see eliminated? And it would be probably Seattle and LA. And one of those teams will be going out on Wednesday, much to the rejoice of all the other fans in MLS who will look on with glee as one of us goes out. Because this, you know, this is a, a season where Dallas, who is only, they've never won like a really major championship. I think they have one, maybe one supporter shield or, or like a run up to the Open Cup or something. But 20 years, they're one of the original franchises. The Dallas Burn was one of the original franchises. They've never really had a championship run. They've never won an MLS Cup. You know, I'm sure that, you know, they, Vancouver obviously has only been in the league for a few years, but they right. also haven't won a championship. Right. You know, so once again, MLS's parody rears its head, and it will be knocking out one of the big monsters on Wednesday night. Well, the the really funny thing about FC Dallas is you have to remember that they lost an MLS Cup to an own goal. Um, I think that was the worst MLS Cup ever in terms of ratings. It was Colorado versus FC Dallas, and it was in Toronto, I believe. Um, and so they had that game, and it was ugly, and it was really bad. And I remember watching it and crying and thinking, if this is what soccer is in the United States, we're all doomed. Thank God it doesn't happen. 
happen all that much. So anyway, um, but yeah, so FC Dallas definitely takes that. Now you go to Seattle. Uh, this is a team that had a lot of expectations. Quite honestly, and I, this is not an over-exaggeration, if the LA Galaxy beat Seattle and knock them out of the playoffs, Siggy Schmidt will be looking for a new job. So that's how much pressure is on Siggy and the Seattle Sounders, that if they don't advance past the Galaxy this time, Siggy's getting fired. Bruce? Not getting fired. Siggy, getting fired, definitely. Siggy is getting fired, and Jason Christ very well may take his job. It, it, would, it, would, it would take like 10 minutes. They'd be like, oh, we fired Siggy, <laughs> and Jason Christ is coming in. I mean, Jason Christ, what's up? Yeah. <laughs> You're leaving New York? Come to Seattle. Yeah, here, we're going to, you know, once, once LA Galaxy score in this game and they're up, um, you know, Seattle's going to be on the phone to Christ and having them flying in that direction already. So, um, quite honestly, it may, if Seattle advances, and, and they'd have to pretty much win an MLS Cup, I think, for Siggy not to... Uh, not to get fired. So there's an interesting thing there. The, the thing that really sort of sticks out is that I remember a bunch of these playoff games. I mean, it wasn't that long ago because Seattle didn't come into the league. You know, it hasn't been one of these teams that's been in the league forever. Uh, you just have to go back to 2010, really, to look at the first LA Galaxy Seattle playoff matchup. And whenever you do that, um, you you immediately get to start with 2010 and think of Edson Buttle and that, that ridiculous over-the-shoulder bouncing ball off the turf goal that he shot from like 35 yards out on the, uh, good, on the good corner. Good Buttle. You're talking about Good Buttle? This was 2010 Buttle. So this was good bottle, right? Okay, good. So um, this, this is—I haven't seen that bottle though. I have, don't recognize him from the bottle that we have now. It's—it's—it's it's, it's a different person, that's for sure. Um, so anyway, mm-hmm. so that's that. You look back and you see that, and you see the LA Galaxy advancing there. You—you you go to. Um, you know, 2012 and Robbie Keane and Mike McGee, you know, pair up and, and they eventually score three goals between the two of them. Um, you know, the, it ends up in the away leg being a loss, but the LA Galaxy had three goals and it didn't matter. I mean, that's whenever you look at the losses. The LA Galaxy are four and two against Seattle. And whenever you look at the losses, the losses are only in terms of clinching. So the LA Galaxy still advanced. The LA Galaxy have never been knocked out of the playoffs by Seattle, which if you're an LA Galaxy fan gives you, I think, hope, Wendy. And mm-hmm. then it also makes you extremely nervous because when we're, we go to the law of averages and just how sports tends to work, it's really hard to beat somebody two times in a row. And whenever you beat them three times in a row, now it gets serious. Now it's really hard. And then whenever it's four and five, and if you want to keep extending that streak, it gets harder and harder because, quite honestly, the other team is sick of losing. So- yeah, I mean, if you're talking about streaks, think about this. That we, Seattle, beat RSL at home, and they're now going to have to beat us at home. So that's a Sunday to Wednesday, both at home. We played away to Kansas City on Sunday, and then we're going to play away to Seattle on Wednesday. And if we win, hypothetically, let's say we win, okay, then we're going to have to either play Dallas or Vancouver away. Right. To be, because they both have bad, better regular season records yeah, but you'll, than us. You'll get the and if we host- manage to do that, we'll probably have to play an MLS Cup away. And given the, the LA Galaxy's away record this year... It is improbable, I would just say. And and I would agree with you 100%. The thing is that if you can get past this one game, you at least have some home games you get to play with. All right? So, and that's that's where the the good part comes. I mean, yes, you'll have to play the home game first. So if the LA Galaxy advance past Seattle... They would either host FC Dallas or Vancouver, all right? It depends on, I think, who what Portland does, if Portland wins and, and how it is. Because basically the number one seed, which is Dallas, will host the absolute, um, you know, the, the, the highest seed, I guess, the highest numbered seed or the lowest seed, if you want to talk about it that way. So I love how you can have a high seed. It's like air conditioning. If you turn up the AC, does the temperature get higher or did you turn it down lower? Um, so anyway, so 
Um, depending on how it is, it, it all shifts around, but you would host either FC Dallas or the Vancouver Whitecaps. So you would at least get a home game where you could possibly do something with that. And that would make, you know, that would help you as you go to the return leg um, away at FC Dallas or Vancouver. So you could get it if you can get past Seattle, but can you get past Seattle? Because quite honestly, they look like a team that is firing better. Yes, it was RSL. But they are in the upswing where the LA Galaxy seem to be spiraling towards uh, towards death right now. And that's where I can't be optimistic about it. I'll be honest. It's a huge hill to climb for the LA Galaxy. It's a huge hill to climb and momentum is with Seattle. That being said, if we want to talk about positives, because, you know, we're, we like to think about the positives. Right. Um, uh, they have a bad record against the Galaxy in the playoffs. Right. Robbie Keane. Uh, although he's basically the the only highlight at this point, has uh, set a single season personal best scoring record this year. So he could easily get a goal. That Seattle game, which we played less than a month ago, we were minutes. We were moments away from getting three points in Seattle. So although momentum is with Seattle on any given day of the week, you know this is MLS – they could always upset the apple cart, which is what, Ro- what Robbie Keane said he wants to do. Right. And so there's always a chance. Is it likely? I mean, momentum is with Seattle. We're playing away to Seattle. We have a bad away record. You know, we look a little bit gassed right now and playing, you know, two games in the span of three days. You know, it's, it's a big ask, but it's not impossible. It could so be. I'm saying, I'm saying, there's a chance. It, so you're saying there's a chance. <laughs> yeah, I know. That's what. I, listen, I get it, and I don't want to be that guy who's just like, oh, I'm going to talk about talk about the LA Galaxy not being able to to win this game. I think they're absolutely capable of winning this game with the talent that they have. They have more talent than Seattle does. Um, they have the ability to outscore teams five or six to nothing. Quite honestly, they could blow Seattle out six to nothing. It could absolutely happen with the talent they have on the field. Now, will it happen? I don't know. Um, I don't know what this team wants to do. I don't. Landon Donovan has said it. Um, you know, athletes across all sports have said it. It's so difficult to win back to back anything. Um, yeah. It's so difficult to be motivated enough to win a back to back MLS Cup. And yes, you have players like Giovanni Dos Santos and Steven Gerrard who haven't, who didn't win last year. You know, who who didn't yeah, have that motivation. New. But is that going to be enough? You know, Sebastian Legette is he going to be able to find some gear that we haven't seen from him? Because quite honestly, it's going to take somebody. We always look to Mike McGee in the playoffs. It took somebody outside that core designated player group to do something spectacular to really lift the LA Galaxy. So it's time. And who's that going to come from? Is that Sebastian Legette? Is it Steven? Is it, uh, is it Jossie's artist? You know, is it somebody like Juninho who finds another miracle goal in Seattle and pisses off the Seattle? I, I really, I can't wait. <laughs> if he to... does, the Seattle are going to try and lynch him, man. I, there will be riots in the street if Juninho scores another goal in Seattle. I can't wait. I mean, listen, there's meltdown potential that is quite awesome, quite possibly amazing. If you're an LA Galaxy fan, if this happens if the LA Galaxy are able to upset Seattle basically it almost doesn't matter whatever happens for the rest of major league soccer history you will be able to hang over the fact that in four straight in four playoff matchups uh the LA Galaxy were able to basically boss and own Seattle Sounders and there's no reason that Seattle shouldn't win this game quite honestly it's at home they have the they have the personnel there in the upswing they should win it's, it's, yeah, they, they, I mean, based on momentum, based on what's going on in the league right now and our current form, they should win. But 
Because I just, I just can't. You can't. I know. I can't it's go. Tough. I can't go into a game thinking that the outcome is predetermined, especially when MLS. We know it's not. Even, even though the Galaxy's away record is so atrocious, you know, you always have to think that it's possible. I mean, you know, and you know, there's always upset. So I don't think it will happen. But if it did happen, then I don't think if the Galaxy won on Wednesday. There would be people saying, oh, well, you know, it is the LA Galaxy. It is the playoffs. This is Bruce Arena. This is, you know, X, Y, or Z. Oh, this drives me crazy. I can't handle it (laughs) because this is ridiculous. Like Bruce Arena. And another thing, another thing is that, you know, we are so spoiled. I mean, we had two DP midseason transitions in the summer. And most teams, when that happens, I mean, look at the people who are, you, you know, I know that New York City is not the best analogy, but there, how these midseason transitions take probably longer than – they take longer for other teams than they do for us. And because when Robbie Keane came, it was like he just slotted in. It was cool. You know, we just started win, no problemo. I think that – um, we're experiencing a little bit of what other teams experience, which is just, you know, these little weird glitches. Like, what is the relationship between Steven Gerrard and Junie? Why is it? Well, there's still, you know, some things up in the air with respect to how our midfield is clicking, who's generating opportunities. And I think that that is something that's typical in other teams. And then there's outliers like Robbie Keane, like Jermaine Jones, where they just come in and it's like, they, it's like they were just born to be an MLS. Yeah, Drogba. You know, it's like it's Sebastian like, Javanko. Yeah, I mean, they, listen, you you can definitely you can definitely see it. So I I say I want us to pick scores because I feel like that will give us the most crap on Twitter, and that's when it's the most fun. Uh, the LA Galaxy are struggling. There's no no question about that. I, they have one win in their last six games. I mean, I I don't even. It's one win, three losses, two draws in their last game. And I think I think if I memorize that correctly, that's what I have. So you're looking at that for the LA Galaxy. They are in no means in any sort of swing. Now, I remember that I think it was in, was it in 2012, whenever they barely got in and had to play Vancouver in a, in a one-knock, you know, play-in game type of thing, and they ended up winning MLS Cup. I mean, I, I get it. It can happen, and that was certainly a year where I didn't think they had much momentum. But I, I just never feel confident with this team. So... Uh, Wendy, what's your score? Who's your winner? Who will go on to the to the next round, and uh, and who goes home with an early uh, postseason? My prediction is that it will be three to two with Seattle winning it. Three to two with Seattle winning it. I think it is a two to one score. Um, I think it goes into extra time, um, and I think Seattle wins it. Yep. So there yep. you go. That, I don't remember the last <laughs> time two uh, two co-hosts have picked against the LA Galaxy in a game. But quite honestly, um, I couldn't with good conscience tell you that I believe in them. I, 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 I want I to. I believe in them. I just think that maybe this isn't our year and maybe 2016 is our year. Maybe this is a 2013 issue. I think this is a 2013 that we're experiencing right now. I think we're doing, and then we'll go, we'll go back to winning 2016. Because then we're going to have a full season of Jarek, full season of Legit, full season. Because if you look at where we were in the first half of the season, man, if we could have just played... If we could have just played the second half of the season and the numbers that teams scored in the second half of the season, we would have been in the top of the Western Conference. It's and and possibly even won the supporter shield. I mean, it wouldn't. Even, yeah. It's not a large stretch of imagination to understand the LA Galaxy were so shorthanded at the beginning of this year with no Robbie Keane um, and then you know no designated players basically on the field except for Omar Gonzalez, who eventually be, became a no, 
not designated players. So, I mean, you see how that all shifts and works. Um, there's just a lot. There was a lot of things that could have happened in the regular season to make this team a little bit better. If people maybe would have got here a little bit earlier, if there would have been some adjustments. I'll be honest with you. If Stefan Ishizaki is still on this team, I'm not sure that we have as much of void in the midfield as we have had. Um, I miss him. I miss Ishii too. And quite honestly, I didn't think we would miss him whenever he left, but I see the depth and that's one of the things that keeps popping out. So Ishii, I still miss Marcelo. Yeah, between Marcelo Sarvis and Ishizaki, which is strange, it's always the role players that you realize you miss the most. Uh, Marcelo Sarvis is not really a, a surprise that you miss him as much as you do. Um, he did so much for this team. And I was in Colorado looking for him. Of course, he was um, in Portland, I believe, where uh, they played, Colorado played, uh, played uh, the Timbers. So um, I didn't see him. I was going to kidnap him and bring him back to the the galaxy if i saw him so um marcelo i'll catch you next time whenever i'm in colorado and uh and we'll make that happen you're coming back to la however we can make that happen uh okay that's it i mean what else is there to say i think that's about it wendy you want to tell people where they can find you and uh we'll get on out of here so i am on bard i'm bards blonde on twitter and i write also articles for corner of the galaxy and american soccer now so you can find me there yeah and, and wendy did a great uh job talking a little bit changed gears today we talked a little nwsl and when la should get an nwsl team bringing the yeah, ladies read that article read that article it's a good one corner of the galaxy.com you can go ahead and do it um i'm all for it by the way i want i want i remember the soul games i'm good mm-hmm. i'm good um, all right, if you're looking for me on Twitter, it's at Jay Guessman, J-G-U-E-S-M-A-N. Please go to Periscope. Follow us on Periscope, at Galaxy Podcast on Periscope. This is where you can be totally involved with the show. You can call in just like LA Galaxy Insider Adam Serrano. I want to thank Adam Serrano for calling in and giving us a little insight into what happened in, uh, in the Sporting Kansas City game. That was great stuff there. So uh, this is it. The LA Galaxy play the Seattle Sounders one game play-in knockout round, basically, 7 p.m. Pacific time on Unamas. You want to watch it on Unamas. It's not going to be a local television partner, so don't even ask, all right? It's going to be a good one. It's going to be a great one, probably. One for the uh, for the ages, as far as I'm concerned. These two teams don't like each other. Nobody wants to lose and go home early. All right. For Wendy Thomas, I'm Josh Gessman. You've been listening to Corner of the Galaxy on cornerofthegalaxy.com. We'll catch you next time. Corner of the Galaxy podcast on cornerofthegalaxy.com. You can follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Galaxy Podcast. And be sure to check out and subscribe to iTunes, Stitcher, and Facebook by searching for Corner of the Galaxy. And for all of your independent LA Galaxy news, discussion, and entertainment, including this podcast, head on over to cornerofthegalaxy.com. Corner of the Galaxy and its related podcasts are part of backfield.com. Backfield.com is a collection of soccer podcasts and covering soccer around the world. You can follow them at Backfield.com. Fans, thanks for listening. We ask that you be kind and courteous to your neighbors as you leave the podcast. We thank you for joining us and look forward to seeing you here again. Until then, I'm Michael Arajo, and on behalf of the entire Corner of the Galaxy crew, goodbye.